Welcome, eight minutes after the hour, and uh, boy, we got Chuck Basie, state representative, on board with us. Uh, we've got Dale Roberts from the CPOA. We've got Garson in from Graphs, uh, 874-9390 or 800-529-5572, a uh, number to call to get into the studios. Uh, we'll very quickly tell you that there is a, a fundraiser for law enforcement. It is going to be at Green Valley. Uh, you want information? Go to Columbia poa.org columbia poa.org uh it's going to be uh, a chance to uh shoot with uh, law enforcement here in town uh the money goes to a great cause uh when a police officer encounters extraordinary medical expenses or unexpected funeral costs for the officer's families those kinds of things uh that's what this uh, fundraiser is uh, all about the Columbia Police Officers Association and uh, A.W. Smith Law got, uh, Graphs is uh, contributing to this. We uh, will be as among... soon as I get this back to work. <laughs> they, they donate and they also participate. Garson, I know, is already registered to come out and shoot and basically show us how it's done. <laughs> so if you want information, ColumbiaPOA.org. Chuck Basie is on board. He has a fundraiser. It's tonight. Uh, if you have an opportunity to get out there, uh, I will tell you that uh, this is going to be at the Harrisburg Lions Club. Uh, there's a ribeye, um, uh, uh, their annual ribeye steak sandwich fundraiser, uh, giving away some firearms there too, $35 a person. And uh, is that $70 a family? Yes. What if it's a big family? Well, uh, I think most people will uh, accommodate that accordingly. But uh, I'm going to get every family member I know now. Uh, Seventy yeah. bucks. I'm bringing them all down there. Right. <laughs> we're we're going to really yeah, shout I, out. I, I got to plug the Missouri cattlemen were nice enough to donate the steaks. So I, you, I really appreciate that. Do you count much. Rocco's family then? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Boy, can he chow down on a piece of beef? <laughs> right. Boy, I want to tell you. <laughs> Chuck will be brokering the Ten Commandments by the time he pays that off. <laughs> Rocco's really worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, uh, Rocco is in studio uh, with us this morning. Looks like a bearskin rug. Yeah. <laughs> what a great dog. And, yeah, I mean, he just lays there and waits. Once, once the treats ran out, he laid down by my side and he's... Had <laughs> you bribed him. Uh, you bribed I'm my dog. Ab- I'm not above that. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about... Uh, uh, the red flag laws and uh, the mental state of some of these shooters. Uh, and Chuck, uh, you are going to make a point, and so is Dale. Um, I'm going to start with Dale because he's really chomping at the bit. <laughs> well, I just went through this with the news reporter a couple of days ago. Um, you know, every town, USA, whatever that group is, even they say that 98 out of 110 shooting incidents identified by them. In 98 out of 110 of them, the shooter demonstrated evidence of mental illness and should not have been able to buy a gun. And President Stalters of Schizophrenia and Related Disorder Alliance of America himself has said the core issue is about lack of treatment, not access to guns. And the sad thing is the next check, the background check to buy a gun, is supposed to stop anyone who has been committed for mental health treatment or adjudicated adjudicated by a judge whatever the case may be and the system fails over and over again and the the federal government can't force the states to do that but they can bribe them to do it and for example the state of massachusetts received two million three hundred and twenty three thousand seven hundred and thirty seven dollars to get their mental health records submitted to the NICS program, and so far they have submitted one record. 
Uh, North Dakota received 297,000, so, you know, not much. And they've only submitted 18 records. The state of Maryland received over 10 million in criminal justice print grants and has only submitted 285 mental health records. So, you know, over and over again, we see people who have a history of mental health problems whose name was never submitted to the NICS program, and they're able to buy a gun. And so now we have people saying we need to pass these other laws. And I know it sounds like a broken record, but once again, I'm saying, how about we enforce the laws we already have? And I think, Chuck, you spoke on this recently and got some feedback. Right, yeah. It's, I was using an example of the Dayton shooter. Uh, you know, he it, it came out not too long after that uh, incident happened that, that this uh, this kid had a history. And when he was in high school, he had a hit list of uh, classmates he wanted to come in and shoot. He also had a rape list of young women or young girls in the school that he wanted to sexually assault. And uh, so, you know, you, you hear this often. You heard it with the shooter in the Colorado movie theater that he had a history of of problems and uh but yet they uh they end up doing some some horrific act so uh i i have said many many times and i firmly believe this it is not the gun it's the person pulling the trigger and uh, to crack down on legal law-abiding owners and i think the overwhelming majority of us that are gun owners do things right and uh obey the law and and this the scary you know follow-up to this is so now the legislators and and candidates are saying oh my gosh we need red flag laws and i think gary brought this issue up during the break that that if a psychiatrist or psychologist is evaluating someone if they have any doubt in their mind i think they're more likely to report someone than not because if they're treating me and they think well maybe he's off his meds maybe he's not if they don't report me and i do something they're going to, you know, people are going to say, why didn't you say something? If they do report me, then they're basically absolved of any guilt. And whether I'm a problem or not, it's my, it's my issue to deal with in court. Yeah, so they're going to they're gonna end up uh, disarming people who might never, ever uh, cause uh, uh, any harm anywhere. Uh, I just got a missive from uh, John Lott. Says, dear Gary, things look pretty bad. I've never seen the Senate and House so likely to pass some terrible gun control laws. The reason is pretty simple. We have not been able to inform people about the truth. A couple of days ago, after I finished a television show at Sinclair Broadcasting, I talked to a group of six young women reporters. One of the women summarized the gun control debate this way. Well, one side of the gun debate wants to use background checks to stop criminals from getting guns. The other side wants to be able to sell guns to whomever they want. All the other women nodded their heads in agreement. I explained that everyone wants to stop criminals from getting guns, but that universal background checks will prevent a lot of law-abiding people from being able to defend themselves and their families. That it will be the most vulnerable poor blacks who live in high-crime neighborhoods who will be hurt the most. I pointed out that in next-door D.C. it cost $125 privately to privately transfer a gun and that virtually everyone stopped from buying a gun because of a background check uh, is a mistake. Uh, but none of them had ever heard my arguments before, and in fact, my points were so different from anything that they had ever heard, they had a hard time believing that they were correct. These bills are fixable, though my guess is the gun control advocates will block 
even the most reasonable reforms. If you believe background checks reduce crime, and I don't, he writes parenthetically, it reduces crime for everyone. If, uh, 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 he's saying he doesn't believe this, if everyone benefits, everyone should pay. But the same Democrats who complain about free voter IDs have no problem with a $125 fee for a background check. As far as the mistakes in the background check system, the false positives, all you have to do is have the government meet the same regulations for doing background checks that the federal government demands of private companies when they do background checks on employees. It isn't these reporters. The past week, National Review, uh, it isn't just these reporters. The past week, the National Review has had at least nine articles supporting various gun control laws. They advocated everything from universal background checks to red flag laws. Facing even conservatives talking about reasonable gun control laws and not understanding the problems created by these laws, the battle to educate people over the next month is going to be very tough. Um, he did a piece on C-SPAN that uh, was absolutely fabulous. I don't know if you, you probably can get it on the World Wide Web. But he explained gun control myths. Um, at a recent Freedom Fest uh, event in Las Vegas. It was incredibly informative. Anybody out there listening to me, if you can get to your computer, go to cspan.org and uh, look up John Lott and listen to that lecture. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Dispels a lot of the rumors that uh, uh, have been circulated by the left. Let's go grab a phone call. Mike, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Hi, Gary. Uh, this is your uh, Long Island, New York caller. Yeah. Uh, uh, listen, I, I've got a message for all of your listeners and your guests today. A cautionary tale. Uh, I live in New York. I'm 67. I've lived here all my life. Uh, I've seen what gun control uh, means to the leftists. Uh, it is never ending. It will not stop. Uh, and they only want more. Uh, in New York, private transactions are illegal. Uh, you have to do everything through an FFL. I have an FFL, as a matter of fact, that I do long rifles with. Uh, and he refuses to handle handguns because of all the uh, paperwork uh, that the government requires, the local and state and federal government requires. Uh, you know, there's... There's a, uh, uh, how should I say this? Uh, I talk to young people, 20, 30, 40 years old. They think that all of this is normal with serial numbers and FFLs and registration. You know, when I was a kid, and Gary, I think you're about the same age, actually. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, we didn't have FFLs. I bought my first Remington 510. Uh, 22 long rifle single shot from a green stamps dealer, uh, <laughs> you know, that my mother gave me a handful of green stamps on my birthday and said, you know, go with your dad and go pick up what, what you want. Uh, there's no serial number on that f Remington 510. Yeah, we were talking uh, about that earlier tonight, earlier today. Yeah. yeah. So I, 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 I am begging all of your listeners. Everybody I talk to, I'm begging everyone, please call your senators. Call the White House. I mean, it's, it, you know, you don't get arrested for calling the White House. State your case very politely that there are political consequences if, if 
Trump goes through with all the, the red flag laws and the uh, uh, extensive background checks, etc. Do you know what it means to me, extensive background checks in New York? It means I have to provide four uh, references, notar- notarized documents from from people in the area that say I'm of good character. They they can go through my social media. They have me. They can they can examine uh, uh, my medical records. Uh, th- that's where they're going with this. When they say extensive background checks, they're gonna they're gonna start sweeping up all of these electronic databases and put them into NICS. Um, this is I'm. I'm not being melodramatic here, trust me. No, actually, you're, you've been, you're being very accurate. That is what's going to happen. You know, the fact of the matter is, um, even the law that uh, that, that uh, bans fully automatic weapons, all that stuff, none of that is constitutional. No, you, can't, you can't find anywhere in the, in the Constitution where the government has the right to do those things. And, frankly, I, they, they, haven't saved, they really haven't saved any lives. I don't think the Nix check saves yeah. any lives. I don't think any of this stuff does. Yeah, although play excerpts from your show and come and take all your guns, Gary. I don't have any. <laughs> really, I don't. I don't have any guns. I I did, but I've I've long since lost them. Rocco ate them all. Uh, well, I don't know what happened to them. Uh, I'm sure you probably had the same problem. <laughs> all right, uh, Mark, uh, Mike, rather, thank you very much. I, I've lived in New York, and it is tough to own a gun up there legally. Thank you, and you make thank some great thank points, you, Gary. All right, take care. Uh, Boy, do I have to? Yeah, I got We got some important messages here, and then we'll come back. We'll grab our uh, phone calls on red flag laws. Then we got to go over some of the firearms that we got in from Graphs. It's Graphs G R A F S dot com on the World Wide Web, right in Mexico, Missouri. And if you're into reloading, that is the place to be. Gary on guns, ninety three nine Eagle. Twenty six minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. If you just turned the radio on, Garson is in from Graphs uh, in Mexico, Missouri. We've got uh, Dale Robertson, the CPOA, and uh, State Representative Chuck Basie. We've been uh, talking about the events of last week, which have been pretty horrendous. Um, and we've been talking about uh, the red flag laws and uh, among other things. And Mark is on the line, wants to talk about them. Also, Mark, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show, Gary and Gun Show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Um, and I got in on about halfway through the last segment, so I don't know if you all have already talked about this, but... Um, one of the things that really bothers me about all this stuff is is that if you're having mental problems or mental health problems and you own a firearm, now you're being discouraged to ever go seek mental health. You're discouraged to go to your doctor because you risk the possibility that at some point and some time that uh, you may be told they have to take your their firearms away from you because you experience depression or something like that you're a former military and you've got a a slight case of ptsd and now you don't want to go get help exactly and i think that i think that these politicians who are i think more than anything just trying to court attention from the media and votes no offense chuck are really uh, are 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 missing the boat on this so anyway thanks for what you do appreciate it that's a valid point thank you mark glad to have you on gary and guns you were pointing out garson that um if you wanted to find out who was shooting and what they had, there's a a, a, a place from uh, where they keep the uh, oh practice score. Well, there's a lot of places online that publish match information, and that has competitors' names on it. So yeah, somebody. I mean, it's it's pretty easy 
to uh, to look these things up online. And it is frightening. I mean, first of all, Mark was absolutely right. And as a veteran, and I go to the American Legion Lodge here in town, I see the issue and I worry about vets, especially from the conflicts that we're having nowadays, who come home and, and maybe would benefit from talking to a counselor. But at the same time, they're accustomed to having weapons and they enjoy firing as a as a sport. And it's exactly as Mark said, they they see the 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 you know the conflict that if i go if i actually seek mental help am i going to lose my gun rights and by the way i think mark owes me a slab of ribs because i know who that is but i do too (laughs) uh yeah and he's very uh the veterans that i'm working with now a lot of these younger uh men and women uh, that have been deployed multiple times uh that uh, it's there's just no doubt there's a they, they feel there's a stigma by them opening up about an issue they might have and if they do so, it could lead to some problems down the road, and they they just hold it in, and they yeah. don't they don't open up. And uh, we have a terrible problem. It's not talked about an awful lot, but we have a terrible problem with the suicide among veterans, and um, this this ties right into it. Twenty two a day. Twenty two a day. That's yeah. that's the average. They say I've had other experts tell me it's a lot higher, and it uh, it's not just the recent combat veterans. It goes back to Vietnam veterans, and maybe even back uh, further than that. Korea, you know, World War II, definitely, yeah. yeah. I'm fortunate because I didn't have to go to war. I, I was right in that slot where I missed Vietnam and too old for anything else. So I never had to go through that. But I cannot imagine what you must have to do to, because it's not your n- normal instinct to kill your fellow man, what you must have to do to your brain uh, in order to pull the trigger and end a life or uh, what it's like to survive uh, being shot at. Uh, And for someone to have PTSD, there should be no shame involved in that at all. Because if you're going through that, if you've gone through that training, if you've gone through that experience, it's just... I I wouldn't expect anything else. Uh, Let's end that stigma. You're listening to Gary on Guns, 93.90. 36 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. State Representative Chuck Basie is on board with us this morning. Dale Roberts is here from the CPOA, and of course, Garson is on board from Graffs. And uh, Garson, you brought in a 1911. You know that's my weak spot. I love 1911. Yeah, I know how much you love those triggers. Yeah, I, <laughs> I actually bought a Rock Island uh, 1911 just because of your your recommendation. Well, you bought one that I owned. <laughs> Was that one of yours that I bought? Huh? No, you bought that one from Larry, but yeah. I brought mine in so you yeah. can see it. And I liked it. It was really, really nice. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's an awesome gun. Easy to get ammo for that, too. <laughs> it's coming, it's coming. Oh, we know what that's all about. <laughs> all right. Uh, let me uh, uh, let me do this. Uh, we're going to get some phone calls here, and, and we're going to get to them in a second, but I want to talk about uh, the, the firearms you brought in. Uh, the 1911 is a Ruger? Yeah, all stainless Ruger. And I, I didn't um, even know they were making 1911s. Yeah, they've been doing it for a couple of years now. Have they? Um, first one I've seen. So Okay. <laughs> I'm surprised that's the first one. <laughs> uh, Target Bomar sights. It's got this cool... Um, half textured grip so on a draw that'll let you get you know good purchase on the grip and then the front of it's got that little diamond checker in there so it gives you good purchase on it so you can hold on to it well and uh this uh retails for just uh eight and a quarter so that's eight and a quarter that's a pretty good deal good deal uh it's a nice gun has a nice feel to it nice trigger feel which is of course what i always love about the 1911s god i love those full-length guy rod kind of set up for competition ambi safety uh, so good for righties and lefties. 
Unlike, yeah. unlike some companies that um, think there's only right-handed people in the world, or you're only ever going to shoot your gun right-handed. Are you left-handed? I am left-handed. See? There you so, you, so you run into the same things that I do. Yes. Uh, and, it, and it is frustrating. Um, but, you know, in a, in a self-defense handgun, you know, if, you're, if your strong uh, arm gets injured and you've you now got to defend yourself with your left hand, how are you going to do that if the gun's not ambidextrous? You know, exactly. The, the beauty of the 1911, though, is you don't have to use the safety. Just cocked and locked will do the trick. Right. The, that locked part is the safety. Well, right. No, no, well, what I'm talking about is... There's cocked. Yeah. But it's not locked. Well, it, the trigger won't go. Uh, yeah, but that grip safety can be deactivated by your love handles. I don't, uh, I don't put the safety on mine. He doesn't Jeez. have love handles. <laughs> oh, you can pinch an inch. I could yank a yard. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'm right. not. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I would. Uh, yeah, I would always carry your 1911s cocked and locked. But I'm with both you guys. I'm, and I always say I'm old enough. When I went in the military. You know, basic training. We shot a 1911. And it I've wasn't the single action army. A <laughs> <laughs> flintlock. Do you, yeah. Did you? Do you? Now you use 1911s too. You oh, like absolutely. Love do, you, do you put the safety on? Oh, when yeah. you're carrying. Yes. Wow. It, it, I guess I'm living life on the on, on the ragged edge. edge. It's. It, I mean, it's so easy when you're used to to that. It's it's just second nature to hit the safety. You that, know, pull it out. Hit your the thumb should be up there anyway when you're shooting. Yeah. Well. I like the idea of the ambidextrous. Uh, it, it does uh, work for left-handers, or as yes. you say, when your strong arm has been injured. Well, absolutely. I, you know, my first class with Todd Burke, and ever since, in every class, there's a, a point when it's like, okay, shoot with your offhand, which for you it would be a right hand, but you know, shoot with both. Learn to shoot with both hands. Because yeah, I you, can do that. You may be coming around a corner. You know, uh, you may have to use this hand or that hand you should be yeah well and even that there's times in competition where i've not been able to get around a barricade yeah because all the stages are right hand biased sure so i've had to transition to my uh right hand to even be able to comp complete a course of fire yeah which is your off hand and yeah learn to uh, shoot one-handed with each hand all right, the P365, how many rounds will this SIG hold? That holds 10 rounds. Double stack. Really? That's yeah. small. Yeah, it, 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 I, I, it's got a black hole in it somewhere. Is that a 9 Where's mil? the magazine for this? Uh, Dale's got it. Uh, yeah. Dale's got it. Because, you know, it, it's just a bit small for my hand. But, boy, when you put the magazine in there, um, kind of rounds it out. And is that 9 mil? That is a 9 yeah. mil? Wow. Yeah. That's a small that's gun a for nice 10 rounds. I, yeah. I, I don't know of another gun that's that small that holds 10 rounds. I mean, it's just thin. And I was going to say, um, I didn't realize that was a double stack when I held it. I, I, I think the magazine is structural in stack this gun because it is so thin. Uh -huh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's um, a nice feel to it. But, yeah, I, it's tiny. Um, my my M&P shield is 8 rounds and bigger than that. And those will be available... Um, There's another new 365 at the shop and a used 365 mm. available now. Wow. The Ruger is the only Ruger we have, so that'll be back on Monday. Okay. So you can head over to uh, Mexico, Missouri, Graffs, uh, and be sure to go out to that tent sale, because I've been out to that tent sale. Oh. And I want to tell you, it's like I feel like I'm stealing things. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have stopped at the well, cash register before I left, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, there may, <laughs> may have been a problem there. <laughs> Might have been it. But you get some really great deals. I'll, I'll check the security footage. And, and <laughs> even, you know, their sales tax is much lower over there. It's a... thought it was. Anyway, All right. it's, a, it's a bargain. 
Let me go to the phones. We were talking about PTSD uh, and, and my fear, and, 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 and I guess all of us, uh, after the caller uh, made the point, he was right. Uh, if you're a former military and you've suffered some PTSD, and who wouldn't under the circumstances with the action they've seen, you don't want to be afraid to go see a doctor to get some help uh, because you're afraid they'll take your gun away later. Uh, Ken is on the line now. Ken, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Hey, uh, thanks for the thanks for the show, Gary. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm uh, uh, prior military, and uh, I've known a lot of, of the veterans that suffers from PTSD. But there's different levels of it. A lot of them don't want wouldn't want to harm anybody or harm themselves. Uh, but you know, that's a low grade of PTSD. So that worries me too about these red flag logs. Are they going to uh, judge you by, you know, how how the psychiatrist and the therapist is, is uh, you know, put you on what level? So it, it's uh, it's a scary scary deal to me. Well, you're exactly right. Uh, you, if you have a mild case of PTSD, uh, you still might lose your Second Amendment rights. Um, and at the same time, you know, there are people out there who you know, for whom uh, we would all be afraid if they had a gun or who might go out and commit a violent crime, and they'd slip right through the cracks. Nobody would even know. Well, and yeah. just don't think this applies to soldiers. Um, you know, well, police officers. It's, yeah. it's soldiers, police officers, even, even non-combatants. Sure. You can get PTSD from other factors yeah, it, in your life. So this, this yeah. will apply to all of us. Um, so don't make any mistake just because you're not military law enforcement that you don't have to worry about these kind of laws. All right. Yeah. The, the only the only thing they need to put I, well one of the things they need to put in that red flag law is that you have to be adjudicated and some some of these people's talking about you know you're, well, you no, there's, your well no there's there's only provisions for that the red flag law will supersede that and remove all provisions for adjudication okay good good all okay. right all right thanks guys Ken thank you glad to have you on uh, carry on guns um, let me uh, turn this over to Chuck. Is there? Have you seen any other legislation pending for the state uh, that's pro or anti-gun? Well, it it'll all start over December first. Uh, all the bills that were filed in previous sessions are they're all dead. They're dead. So we all start all over. Are there but, any that just keep coming up? Well, yeah. There there'll be December first. You'll see a, probably in, after that. You'll probably see a whole bunch of uh, anti-Second Amendment type uh, legislation filed, and. Uh, uh, you know, next session where you know we still have a supermajority, so I doubt they're going to go anywhere. I'd be very, very, uh, very doubtful that they make any traction at all. But I've said many times we're one legislature away, both on the state and federal level, from losing a lot of our freedoms. It's that simple. You know, getting back to President Trump and his seeming willingness, along with a lot of Republicans, uh, to go along with some of this, that could very easily roll downhill to legislators like yourself because a lot of republicans might not just might not turn out to vote they don't want to vote for the democrat and they're not going to vote for trump because he's uh you know promoted this uh, uh, anti-gun uh, legislation if they stay home you don't get their votes either that's uh, that's correct and that does happen and i've always said and one of the reasons i actively support chuck i don't even live in his district you know, my state rep is Sarah Walsh, and she's a great 
conservative representative, but if she's in the minority, she does me no good. So I actively go out and support Chuck Basie and Dave Munsell and, you know, lots of other state reps because we need that majority in Missouri. And it's and it's my call to people out there. If you support the Second Amendment, you need to be supporting our legislators or we're going to become Illinois or California. You know, during the breaks, we keep uh, talking about these things. And so I'm now not sure if we spoke about this on the air or if it was just off air uh, amongst ourselves. <clears throat> but we talked about being active uh, and calling federal legislators. One caller, I think, suggested we call the White House. And I agree. Uh, we, we, we can't just sit around. Yeah, that was a guy from New York. Yeah, but we can't just sit around and talk about this issue. We can't just grouse about it. We really do, as a community have to get on the phone or type up a letter and and send a message to our federal legislators that we do not uh, support this. Absolutely. And, and I was really surprised a number of years ago dealing with legislation at the state level at the legislators, state legislators who said, you know, if I get 10 phone calls, then I know it's a big issue because they actually don't get as much feedback as we think they do except they they certainly hear from the million moms in red t-shirts and those folks yeah they're organized and, yeah absolutely and it's just so critical and it's so easy to go on the internet go on the web page uh you know house dot just search for missouri house and it'll show you you know who your legislator is click on contact me email them and tell them how you feel they respond chuck do they what impact does that have? Uh, it, it's uh, very uh, effective. I, I get a lot of emails, and you know, we we have a uh, there's a way we can check to see if people are actually constituents. But uh, having said that, I mean, you get a lot of messages from people, phone calls, emails, and um, office visits. It's uh, it's very effective. So let's not just sit around and grouse about it, folks. Let's go out and actually take some action. Uh, and send the message uh, to the federal government, to, to Washington, to the president, to your senators, to your House members. You don't want this. Um, and I don't know, do you threaten them and say, you know, I'm not going to vote for you if you do? Or do you just say, don't do this, we don't want this? I, I think it's, I don't personally, and I think it's implied. You know, I tell them I'm a, I'm a voter. Uh, you know, I usually give a short, you know, description of who I am or what I am. You know, I'm... And, and say, you know, this is an important issue and here's why. And, and I, my experience is, it mu you know, if I write a letter, it must be less than a page. They don't have time to read that stuff. And I pretty much use bullet points. You know, here's my point. One, two, three, and here's how I feel. And I'm a voter and I'm waiting for you to do the right thing. If I could make one quick point, uh, we, we get a lot of uh, chain emails where uh, certain groups, uh, the, the public school lobby does this a lot. They'll send out a message to their members, and you just go on their website, and it's already it's Cut already written. Yeah, yeah and it, it it's just not effective because you you know from the header it's the exact same email, and we get dozens of those. But if they would just write their own message, it can be one sentence. That, that's a lot more effective. I'm speaking for myself, not my my colleagues, but it's a lot better for me just to read an individual message from somebody, and I appreciate that a lot more than uh, than those chain emails that I get. Good point. And it's interesting because I was just I swear to God I was thinking. I wonder if I can get you to talk about whether or not you recognize it when oh, some yeah. organization sends yeah. you out a form letter. Well, even the NRA does that. They'll mail you that packet with the postage cards addressed to everyone in your, everyone that's in your whatever district, district yeah. or region to mail out to, you know, state and federal level politicians. 
Yeah. You know, that that might have a slightly more effective, uh, uh, slightly greater impact uh, because the NRA is such a large organization. And if you get the hint that they're against your, you know, or they're sending a message to you, that might probably have well, that's a That's what they say. They normally make it some obnoxious color. Like, well, if they see all that blue or all that orange or whatever in their yeah. mailboxes. Yeah, they may but, not think of it as an individual message, but they're thinking, geez, that's a lot of people that are going to be upset with me. And, yeah. I, and I guess that's better than nothing, but, but, I, but I still hold with what Chuck said. Yeah. Um, a, a personal message to your legislator, short, sweet, polite, but you can be firm and just say, here's what I think, and I'm a voter, and I hope you do the right thing. All right. Uh, some important messages, and then we're going to come back. We're going to have time, I think, for maybe two calls. Ken and Gary will be next. I'm Gary on Guns, 93.9 Eagle. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, State Rep Chuck Basie on board. Uh, we got Dale Roberts, CPOA. We got Garson from Graffs, a.k.a. Sean. Uh, and we, that's a long <laughs> can't story. Make it, can't make it one show. No, no. Uh, anyway, we've been talking about uh, PTSD and red flag laws uh, after the events of uh, last week. We're going to wrap the program up just going to callers. So we'll start off with Ken. Ken, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Good morning. Great show. Love it. Thank you. My concern is I'm not hearing anybody talk about how you make sure you get your right guns back. For example, I've got a lot of friends that shoot competition skeet, and they use a gun called a Kriegoff. Well, that Kriegoff's about $25,000 for that shotgun. You get some long-range shooters and some other custom handguns. You may be having the police come in and confiscate thirty, forty thousand dollars worth of guns. How do you make sure you get your gun back in the condition that they took it? There's no guarantee on that, and, and that's a critical and, issue. And I, I'll even say from the police departments. I mean, I do not represent the police department, but they I don't know, have time to go in there and clean and oil them. Yeah, I, I know from experience when a gun is taken in in evidence, it's put in a container and stays in the evidence locker, which means. It's not necessarily protected from moisture or anything else. And that's, I, I don't think that's their fault necessarily. They, you know, in terms of evidence, they have to keep things. But, but you're right. I've bought guns that have come out of evidence, um, and some of them are in horrible condition. Um, I had one that had rust all through the barrel and the muzzle where it was picked up in whatever condition it was in when they obtained it, zip-tied into a box, and left that way. Wow, good point, uh, Ken. Thank you. I don't know of uh, the. I don't know what mechanism returns the firearms. You would think that if you were adjudicated. Well, I uh, heard after a year you had the ability to request to get them back, but then since they've not, I guess we won't know what's in it till they pass it. Oh. but um, they'll uh, <laughs> uh, steaming pile of Pelosi line. <laughs> But yeah, well, the, with the police able to keep the the weapons, sometimes that could be a profitable endeavor for them. Yeah. If, if they well. sell them, if they don't just outright destroy them after, you know, a oh, period of time. Somebody destroys a $25,000 firearm, I'm going to be in tears. But And, and Chuck they could answer this. All I, thought, I thought Jeannie Riddle's bill, Senator Riddle's bill from a couple of years ago, made it so that the government, I know the government is limited on engaging in the buyback. I don't know if they can sell guns. Anyway. Uh, yeah. All right. So you make a valid point, Ken. Something for us. Uh, one more thing for us to worry about. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Ken. Uh, just what we need. Something else to worry about. Gary, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. One thing that uh, bothers me about this is anytime you take one of your rights 
uh, to buy, own, or, or uh, have guns and put it into a third party that it can be manipulated. For instance, uh, you know, let's say the Democrats get control of everything. Uh, what's to stop them from saying, hey, you know what, you have to be insane to want a gun. You applied for a gun, therefore you're insane, and we're going to red flag you. Catch-22, uh, isn't it? Yes. And, uh, or, uh, you know, if they listen to your show during the week, Gary, they, you, know, you know, you could get a psychologist on there goes, this guy's crazy, we got to, you know, take his gun away. Yeah, it scares me, they'd be right. Um. <laughs> but no, you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. You're putting your your rights in somebody else's uh, hands. Uh, hands, and it may not be a fair somebody else. Well, and that's the thing with red flag laws. There doesn't have to be a reason. All they have to do yeah. is have somebody complain. So you could be there. You go. You could be walking down the street one day and come home and find out that somebody doesn't like something you've done, and they've now, uh, you know, put you in this category and taken all your firearms. And then, the, and then the fight begins. It's a terrible idea to do this, uh, and w I think we all agree. Gary, thank you for the call. Glad thank to have you. you on Gary on Guns. Uh, what do we have left, Brian, for time? Two minutes. Let me go around the table. Uh, what is the best solution for the mass shootings, Chuck? Uh, like I said earlier, it's a multifaceted approach, but uh, just singling out law-abiding uh, gun owners is not, not uh, good for me. Dale? I, I think one of the first biggest problems that could be addressed is dealing with the mental health reports that are not getting to the NICS program. That would help. That would definitely help. But it wouldn't really stop them if they wanted a firearm. But yeah, I mean, they, they can still... You the know, underground is unregulated. It, if the underground worked and you could regulate it, but there's, it wouldn't there's exist. There's easier ways to do that, too. You know, like I said earlier, arson was one of the main tools of mass murder. I mean, the Oklahoma City bombing, that was a pretty simple bomb. Um, I could probably drive out to any farm in this state and build one of those in a couple hours. Well, and look at the knifing murders in England now. Yeah, I think the well, the best it, way to the best way to protect yourself is to take your classes, learn how to shoot, learn practice, to carry, call Tim, yeah, and and defend yourself. That's the best way, gentlemen. Thank you for being with us. Thank Whatever you. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out, get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem, Gwen, baby, honey. I love you.